Praise the living God. We just thank God for all that he does, all that he is doing. He is a mighty God. He is Matthew chapter 2. He is the mighty, 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 mighty God. There's so You can't say mighty enough to, <laughs> to explain how mighty and awesome our God is. Hallelujah. We are recording today on our podcast and so that we can send it out and share it with others. Praise God. Matthew chapter 2. Give everybody just a minute to turn there. Matthew chapter 2. And as usual, as per usual, I, I like to read a lot, so hang in there with me. And we're just going to kind of lay some groundwork for the message that God has given us for today. And then we're starting with Matthew chapter 2. Praise God. Now, when Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, everybody there? Yeah? In the days of Herod the king, behold, there came wise men from the east to Jerusalem, saying, Where is he that is born king of the Jews? For we have seen his star in the east, and we are come to worship him. Why did they come? To worship worship him. That's right. These wise men, they came to worship him. So when Herod the king had heard these things, he was troubled, and all Jerusalem with him. And when he had gathered all the chief priests and all the scribes and all the people together, he demanded of them where Christ should be born. So Herod had different plans. You understand, Herod was not a fan. Herod wasn't looking forward to someone else being the king. Herod was the king. And he said unto him, in verse 5, They said unto him, In Bethlehem of Judea, for thus it is written by the prophet, And thou, Bethlehem, in the land of Judea, art not the least among the princes of Judah. For out of thee shall come a governor that shall rule my people Israel. And then Herod, so see they, they were quoting the scripture to him, quoting the prophets to him, letting him know, Herod, that it was written in the Bible, in the Old Testament, way back, it would have been in the scribes, in the, in the um. By the scribes, it was written down and recorded in the Old Testament, okay? That it was prophesied hundreds of years ago, before Jesus came, that he would come and he would be born in Bethlehem of Judea, okay? That is in, um, from, let's see, well, I could give you several different verses, but I can send those to you later, so if you want to look those up. Then Herod, when he had privily called upon the wise men, so he privately went to them, all by himself. We're in Matthew chapter 2 and verse 7. Then Herod, when he had privately called the wise men, he inquired of them diligently what time the star appeared. So when did you see the star? Why are you following the star? And he said to them, he said, I'm sorry, and he sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go and search diligently for the young child. And when you have found him, bring me word again that I may come and worship him also. 
And when they had heard the king, they departed. And lo, the star which they saw in the east went before them till it came and stood over where the young child was. And when they saw the star, they rejoiced exceedingly great joy. And when they were coming to the house, they saw the young child with Mary, his mother, and fell down and worshipped him. And when they had opened their treasures, they presented unto him gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And being warned of God in a dream that they should not return to Herod, they departed into their own country another way. Okay, so fast forwarding. A lot of stuff right in here. So what, what do we see here? We see that, that these wise men, these weren't, these weren't wise men like we think of wise men today necessarily. Maybe, maybe it is. But back, back in those days, these wise men came. They were riding on camels, the, the, best, the bestest of the best camels. They had on the best clothing. They, you think about the shepherds. The shepherds had already been there, all right? This is this time, time, this took a, a little while for all this to transpire. And so they, these men were those that knew how to read the signs in the skies. They knew something was going on, and they saw this star that they had never seen before. And they followed that star, and it took them about two years to get to where baby Jesus was. He wasn't a little baby anymore. He's about his, like a toddler by the time they got there. That's why the word even says that he, the child, the young child was there. And so he comes. They come, and they're wearing their crowns. They're wearing all this ornate stuff, probably had on the best jewelry you could think of. You know, I think about, like, sometimes you see these, these people, they have, they have like, um, all the bling, Right? They got on all the diamonds, all the gold, all the all the turquoise, if you will. They have all you know, the best, the big, the big belt buckles. <laughs> they got all the best of everything. The Versace suit, maybe you know. And, and they come in and they're wearing, they're just decked out. And you think, well, why would they come travel all the way across the desert, all the way across from wherever they came? Some came from Turkey. Some came from. Oh, I had to look at my. Bible scholar here. <laughs> they came from long, long distances. Amen. And they didn't all come from the same community. They didn't all just show up. They they had to had to come together before that and say, look, this is something's happening. What's going on? And they had to convene and talk about these things. And then they they could gather their things. They gathered their gold, their frankincense, their myrrh, and they traveled. You ever think about how amazing it is that they weren't robbed? That somebody didn't steal their stuff. Somebody didn't beat them up and leave them on the side of the road. But they made it all the way there to see Jesus. And why did they come? What was their one purpose? And we already highlighted it and already brought it out. That they came for to worship him. Amen? They, their hearts, their mind, their mission in life for the next several, it took two years to get there. They made it their mission to get there to see this king the king of kings, to bow down and worship him. Amen? Amen? And it's hard for us sometimes to get up and walk, you know, across the street or next door, get in our car and drive to the church. I'm not dis dissing anybody. <laughs> I said, wait for us to just be walked next door, right? And sometimes you're just like, oh. But they made it their mission to get on a a mule on a camel and travel all this distance for two years riding on a camel. We get tired of riding in the car. Oh, I got to get out and stretch. They rode on a camel to get that far to see Jesus, to worship him. They had their mind, their will, and their emotions. Their soul was set on seeing Jesus and worshiping him. Amen? 
This brought them great joy. When they saw him, they were overjoyed. When they got there, they were getting happy. They were getting kind of giddy. When they got to Jerusalem, they were getting close. You know, and then they and Herod told them this this thing. Well, you just you come back and let me know because I want to go and worship him too. So we have we see two types of worshipers there, don't we? One was honest. One group, those the wise men, they were honest about it. They wanted to go and worship this new king. Herod was a liar. And there's no truth in him. He was selfish. And he wanted to, why did he want to find the baby Jesus or the young Jesus, the young child Jesus, so he could have him killed? He found out later, just fast forwarding, I'm not going to read it all, that they, they didn't do what, they, what he asked them to do. He, they didn't come back and tell him where he was. He didn't tell them. So what did he do? He sent out to kill all the babies, all the firstborn sons that were born during that time. Is that worship? Is that, is that looking for someone that you want to bow down and worship? No, he hated Jesus. And he was filled with the enemies, the spirit of the enemy, to try to take him down. Amen? Just like, just like this happened back in the Old Testament, try to kill Moses. But Moses was spared. The same way Moses was spared, Jesus was spared. The same way, even where you see where, where God's told the wise men, don't go back to Herod, don't go back. Look at that. These wise men were from all over. They were from every tribe, different tribes, different nations, different tongues. And yet they came together to worship the Lord Jesus Christ. The Messiah had come and they wanted to see him. They wanted to worship him. Hallelujah. Are y'all with me? Amen. Praise God. So we come today into the house of the Lord for what purpose? We come to worship him. What were you created for? You ever think, sit and wonder, what am I doing here? What am I here on earth for? Why, God, did you make me? Why, God, did you put me in my mother's womb? Why do I have to, you know, even Job. Job, he, he, he went through a terrible, terrible thing. Amen? Lots of terrible things. And his wife said, if you would just curse God and die, you'd be better off. We'd all be better die off if you would just go ahead and die. And Job even wondered... Why am I still here? Why am I alive? But he would not curse God. Amen? He would not. He knew that God had a purpose and a plan, even though he had lost everything. Keep your eyes focused on Jesus. You were created to worship him. You were created to magnify the name of Jesus Christ. You ever wonder what your life is about? You look at yourself in the mirror and you might think, ah, man, I look rough. I don't know why God ever made me. My eyes are, this one's kind of down and this one's kind of up and my hair's a mess. I don't know why my hair's like, I mean, you know, we have these issues, don't we? But God said, you're beautiful. You're handsome. You're a mighty man. I have made you in my likeness and image. Amen. You are a beautiful woman of God. You're created to glorify him. Every time we take a step, every time we take a breath, it's all to the glory of God. Think about that. I preached a message some time back about how this God breathed his spirit into us. Amen? And made us a living soul. That word right there is Ruach. And, and then one of the words, the names for God is Yahweh. And every time we say the name of the Lord, Yahweh, it's the same word that means breathing in and breathing out. That we breathe in Yahweh. 
it's the way that the way that said it's a breath a breath in and a breath out. We don't really talk that way, but that's what it means. Breathing in and breathing out. Every breath is to glorify God. Amen. Sister, what you gotta say? Sorry. That's okay. I always have So we can be that living example and let the light of God shine through us. Amen. We are created to worship him. Now get this. So that's what the wise men came. And we think about, you know, people say, well, wise men still worship him. That's true. Are you going to be wise today or are you going to be foolish? The wise men were wise and Herod was foolish. Amen. We need to be wise. Amen. And God gives us wisdom. And we know that we are created for one purpose. The one ultimate purpose is to bring glory to God, to walk in his footsteps, to talk of him, to speak of him. Our hands were made to worship the Lord. Our feet were made to go where and walk in his footsteps. And our mouths were made to glorify and to speak the goodness of God, to tell other people about Jesus. Amen. Our eyes are made to read his word and, and to behold the glory of God. I believe it's in uh, Romans, and we're going to read that in a minute, maybe, that when you look around at all the creation, you see the glory of God everywhere. How can we deny the presence of God? When we look at the extent and the details of things, how can people deny the presence of God? There are, I forget how many world religions there are, but there's only one empty grave. Amen? A lot, everybody's talking today about Jesus coming and to, the, to the manger, and that's, a, that's awesome. That was a miracle. Amen? Born of the Virgin Mary. A miracle upon miracles. So every person we talk to, every person that comes to know Jesus Christ, every, every person, that's a miracle. Every time we see someone born again, that's a miracle. We want to see signs and wonders. We should be telling people about Jesus Christ. Amen? And before we can do that, we've got to get before the Lord. And we've got to learn how to walk in His footsteps. We've got to learn of Him and learn how to tell people about Jesus. And that's not found in a book. It's found in the Word. It's found in His presence. Amen? And the Holy Ghost will give you the words to speak. He will put the words in your mouth. Hallelujah. So the message today, oddly enough, is about us looking for things that make us happy. So the wise men went looking for something. They were on a journey. They were on a quest. And every single person I meet, they're always looking for something. They're looking for answers. They're looking. They're on some sort of quest. And sometimes we just kind of meander, wander, wander around aimlessly. But God has a purpose and a plan for your life. Amen? You ever get tired of wandering and just feeling hopeless? And, and where am I going? What am I doing? Well, God's got a plan. Amen? God's got a plan. He has a quest for you. He has a purpose and a mission for you. And that first thing is to worship Him, to glorify Him. And then He wants you. You know what? People think God just wants you to go around being unhappy, grumpy. They, they Christians kind of got this bad rap of being just all grumpy all the time. They always walk around with your mouth, your mouth turned down. They're grumpy. And they're just always shaking their finger. You want to know? God didn't tell you. God, that's a sin. Sometimes they don't even know what sin is. They just want to call everything sin because they don't like it. 
Oops. We need to know what the Word of God says. Amen? There are things that are sinful. There are things that God is not pleased with. But there's so much more joy and so much more peace and so much more goodness and so much more happiness. As we were worshiping earlier, even before you guys came in, we were worshiping and singing. And I was thinking about how people don't really seem to really get into worship like they used to. Way back in the day, man, people just worshiped God because he was God. Amen? You didn't have to hit every single note. You didn't have to hit every single beat just right. You didn't have to wear the, the right outfit. I mean, I remember one church I went to, we had these, these, they made us praise garments for our praise team, and they called them praise garments. They were basically, <laughs> well, they, they put on these little, like, they covered up our clothes. And we wore these little things, and we had, I even, this was back in the 90s, I had tied ribbons to my tambourine, and we would dance. My little daughter was up there with us, and she would dance and sing, and we just praised the Lord. But the Holy Ghost would get involved. Why? Because we were worshiping the Lord of Lords and King of Kings. We weren't looking around worrying what everybody else was thinking about. We weren't concerned about that. I've been to churches where the place was so packed you couldn't move. And yet somehow the Holy Ghost would fall and you would dance all over that church and never get hurt. Never bump into anybody. Amen? Why is that? Because we're just worshiping God. Casting off all those things that we that hold us down and, and worshiping the Lord and the purity and his presence. And that's where we need to be. Amen. So people are going around today and you see them out there running to and fro. This month is the biggest month. It seems like people are running up the highway, running back, trying to get extra money. People are working extra jobs, trying to buy that certain toy or that certain outfit or that certain thing. And they're getting themselves all stressed out when we are supposed to come and worship him. And adore him. Amen? It's not about all these things. It's not about this stuff. Show me one place in the Bible where it tells us to do these things. Amen? They got to have the biggest and the best and the brightest and the new lights and the new things. But God says, come and worship the king. Amen? Amen. Worship him in the beauty of his holiness. People cancel services. I'm not talking about anybody. I'm just saying. These things happen. They cancel the services because, well, you go home and spend the time with your family. But yet they say this time is about worshiping Christ. People are going around looking for what makes them happy. What brings you joy? So let me ask you that. Look inside yourself for a moment. What makes you happy? What brings a smile to your face? Is it a happy meal? Yeah. <laughs> Is it a Blake's burger? See, that just defined happiness. Happiness is happenstance. Happiness is circumstantial. It's, it's built on, you know, just like that. Just like I could, I could make my brother smile by giving him a cheeseburger right now. Am I right? Yeah. Everybody's smiling because we're talking about cheeseburgers and donuts, you know, sister. And I can watch him eat it while I'll be happy too, just watching. Amen. That's right. Right? Yeah, I always tell my kids and my family every last time for Thanksgiving, I was all crying, you know, I was all thanking for life. You know. Amen. You know, I mean, uh, that makes me happy just seeing them. Yes. Or sitting there eating 
Yes. Amen. That's what my husband says too. He'll say, where do you want to go eat? And I'm like, you know, it's the, it's the classic husband and wife thing. I don't know. I don't care. And so he goes, oh. so he usually makes the decision. He tries to make the decision. This is my son explained this to me. And my husband makes the decision based on what he thinks we want. It's not, it's not, it's not often that he goes where he wants to go. He, he tries to figure out what we want and he takes us there. And so now it's just me and him. He tries to figure out what I need or what I want. And that's where he takes me. And I say, he says, I just, I just enjoy watching you eat. And I'm like, yeah, <laughs> that makes me a little uncomfortable. But the, you know, the truth is he, he's just glad to be able to provide for me, to be able to see me eat and, to, and take care of me. And that's the way it is as a mom, right? When we look at him and that, for me to be able to make him breakfast this morning and sit down and eat breakfast with him together, it makes me happy to see him eat. And those things are circumstantial. Amen? So little kids are opening up gifts today, and they feel all happy because they got the new toy that they've been asking for, and it makes them happy. But that's not joy. Amen? That is happiness. Yes, sister? That's right. This is true. <laughs> you know, go to your bathroom. You know, yay. You know, drinking some water. You know, every little thing. Amen. Don't see. You take for granted, yeah. You know, all these things. And yeah, I even just tell my kids that. I'm like, yeah, I'm going to go. Okay, mom, whatever. Goodbye. It's because we're healthy. You know, those are things to be help, to be thankful for. <laughs> yeah. That is true. That is very true. And I thank God for water all the time because it's part of our ministry. But it's the water, you know, because you have to have water to live. And then because we know Jesus Christ, we bring the living water. Because we have to have Jesus Christ to truly live. So see, there's a difference between the happiness and the joy, between life and abundant life, life and life everlasting, amen? So we have that in Christ Jesus, and he is what brings us joy. It's in the presence of the Lord there is joy forevermore. He teaches us the ways of life, the scripture says, and in his presence is joy forevermore, amen? We need to seek that place to be in his presence. When those wise men came into his presence, no doubt they felt joy. No doubt they were changed because, you know, it tells you, that God gave them a dream. The Lord God gave them a dream. God was communicating with these wise men who came from other nations and other belief systems, and God intervened in their lives, and we're still talking about it today. Amen? So we see God moves mightily when we begin to seek him and worship him, and we'll worship him in the beauty of his holiness and worship him for who he is they were created, I believe. There are many times we see in the Bible where people were created for certain purposes, exact purposes. And you, you have other things throughout your life that you do, that you fulfill as part of God's plan, but there's like one pivotal moment that, that they were created for. And I believe these three wise men were created for that pivotal moment, amen, to bring the gold and the frankincense the myrrh. And that's a whole other message, what those things represent. But they came to worship him, and that's what we're talking about today. They came to fulfill what God had created them to do. We find joy and we find happiness even when we begin to do what God has created us to do. 
We talk about worship and coming worshiping the Lord and waving our hands before the Lord and clapping our hands and singing songs and hymns to Him and praising God for who He is. But worship is even more than that. It's a life of worship. It's what we do with our lives. I worship the Lord God Almighty. Daniel, Daniel told him, no, I worship God. I worship the one true living God. Amen. I don't worship any other gods. There are no God. Our God said, there shall, you shall not have any other gods beside him. I heard someone say recently that we should make room for Jesus. That there should be room for Jesus in our lives. And I say that if you, if you were the hotel or the motel or wherever where the inn where they came knocking on the door asking is there room for Jesus, if you were that, that inn, I would think I would clear the whole place. You know? Clear the whole place. Tell everybody to move out. Everything else was in there, get out. The king is coming in. Amen? Amen. Make room for Jesus completely. Move out everything else. There's nobody else beside him. Amen. There's no room for any other religion. There's no room for any other practices. There's no room for any traditions. There's only room for the Lord God Almighty. Amen. You will be happy doing what you are created to do. Believe it or not, I have, you know, when I look back at pictures over the years of, of our kids growing up and worshiping and being on the platform singing, and I see smiles on their faces when they're worshiping. I see smiles on their faces when they're playing guitars or, or playing piano, keyboard, or, or drums, or, you know, me with the tambourine. I'm always the one with tambourine. And, you know, I, you see smiles on their faces. When you think back on those times, you think, you know, they were smiling and they were happy to be worshiping God. Some of them are blessed and, and skilled in cooking, and, and, and they have a servant's heart. And when they cook those meals, or they cook that special thing, and they give it to someone, and they see that moment. When that person looks at, like one of my daughters was a barista, and when she makes that drink, that coffee, and she hands it to that person, and they take that first sip, and they just go, oh, you know, and that just gives her so much happiness. Amen? When you fix that, that plate of cookies, like Sister was saying, maybe it's, maybe it's a roast beef or something, and you fix it for your kids, and they eat it, and they bite into it, and they just look like, oh my goodness, this is so good. You know, some of us are really bad about just shoveling the food in to hardly even taste it. But that's good too, right? We're glad to see him eat. But it's just something about it because you were created to serve. Amen? We're created to work. And servitude in Christ Jesus is part of worship. When we're in Christ and we serve, so when we give water to people and we see their faces light up, we had a little girl one time, she came and we had tons of clothes, all kinds of clothes, we had toys, we had all this stuff, and we asked the little girl, what do you want, what can we get for you? And she said, do you have any water? And we gave her a bottle of cold water, and her face lit up and she was so happy to have this bottle of water. Toys, clothes, none of that mattered, she wanted water. Amen. When we, when you allow the Spirit to lead you and guide you, and you do the things that God has created to do, you are going to have a, a joy that passes all understanding. You're going to be filled with a greater joy than you've had in your lifetime, and then you'll find yourself happier than you were in your lifetime. You'll find yourself smiling when you fall asleep, and smiling when you wake up. That's such a, a phenomenon to, to fall asleep with a smile on your face. And wake up with that with a smile on your face. You're thinking, what? Is this my face? This feels different. 
It's something different because God has moved in your life and you begin to seek him, to worship him, to bring glory to him in all that you do. What you're meant to do, you're meant to live this new life, the abundant new life that you were created for. Amen. He said, if any man is in Christ Jesus, he is a new creature. Right? You become all new. All things are passed away and all things are become new. Now you're a new creature. And you're walking in Christ and you're studying the Word of God. You're reading the Bible. You're reading Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, the books, the Acts, and the letter to the Romans. You're reading about all the good things that Jesus came to do. And you're getting excited about those things. You see where Stephen laid down his life. You see where, where Paul found his life in Christ. You find where, where Peter was completely transformed into a new person on the day of Pentecost. And 5,000 people were saved because he was converted in that moment. It's exciting. Amen. The fire of God fell and they were filled with the Holy Ghost and fire. And the whole church, 5,000 added to that day. Another day it was 3,000. The church of Jesus Christ, the Lord God Almighty, has never died. Amen. He has always been. The Bible says, and you can look through the Bible, you can look through the scripture, you can look through and you see where that, that, that they, they, they call it a golden thread. From the beginning, I mean, so, did I say golden red, crimson, all the way through the whole Bible, the blood of Jesus foreshadowed, fulfilled, and still going on today. We see the blood of Jesus still applied, that the, the church of the Lord has never died. The body of Christ has never died. Amen? We don't need some new prophet coming in. We never needed a new prophet or another gospel to come. The Bible tells us to be aware that if any man comes preaching another gospel, let him be accursed so we know the gospel of our Lord has carried on throughout the years, throughout the ages. There's always been a people who truly sought God, who truly served the Lord. Amen? The Holy Ghost was never absent from the earth. Holy Ghost has always been. There's been times when people didn't forgot him. There are times when we read, just the other day we were talking to another pastor, and they were reading over the Old Testament in the book of... Not Leviticus, um... Zechariah. They were reading the book of Zechariah and God told them, you know what, oh, your feasts and all that, you're just wasting it because you're not really worshiping me in your feasts. You're coming together and you're eating and you're doing all these things and the, the way the New Testament says you're keeping it upon your own lust. You're just coming and doing it because you want to. It's just become a ritual. It's just become a thing. It's become like a fellowship meal and you're not even worshiping me. And God says, no, away with that. I want that. He wants what? He wants your worship. He wants your attention. He wants your love. Amen? So when we begin to walk in that and do the things that God has called us to do and just worship Him, then things begin to change and you'll find happiness. You'll find joy that you never knew. Look with me at... Um, you don't have to turn in your Bible if you don't... Um, where am I, Lord? Um, Mark chapter 10. I know we're kind of all over the place with the Scriptures today. But in Luke chapter... Mark chapter 10, verse, verse 16. There was a time where, where Jesus had just pulled up the little children onto his lap and he blessed them. We say, I say onto his lap. That's what the pictures make it, right? 
he came and he blessed the little children. He said, Suffer the little children to come unto me and forbid them not, for as such is the kingdom of God. For verily I say unto you, Whosoever shall not receive the kingdom of God as a little child, he shall not enter in. So we have to come like little children. We have to have that kind of faith and trust in him. And he took them up in his arms and he put his hands on them. And Jesus blessed those little children. In verse 17, And when he was gone forth into the way, there came one person running, and he kneeled before him, and he asked him, Good master, what shall I do that I may inherit eternal life? And Jesus said unto him, Why do you call me good? There is none good but that one that is God. Thou knowest the commandments. Do not commit adultery. Do not kill. Do not steal. Do not bear false witness. Defraud not. Honor thy father and thy mother. And he answered and he said unto them, Master, the young man answered him, he said, Master, Jesus, all these things I have observed from my youth. And then Jesus beheld him and he loved him. He looked on him and he just loved him. And he said to the young man, One thing you lack, go thy way and sell whatever you have and give it to the poor, and thou shalt have treasure in heaven and come and take up thy cross and follow me. And when he had said that, the young man was sad at the saying, and he went away grieved, for he had great possessions. And Jesus looked around about, and he said to his disciples, How hardly shall they that have riches enter into the kingdom of God? And all the disciples were astonished at his words. But Jesus answered again and said unto them, Children, how hard is it for them that trust in riches to enter into the kingdom of God? It is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than a rich man to enter into the kingdom of God. Does that mean that rich people can't go to heaven? No. <laughs> Remember the Versace suits, right? They came to worship God, right? So they had, they, they had their heart and their mind, their soul was over the, over the line to, to worship Jesus. Amen? This young man wanted to worship God, but he seemed to have his uh, priorities a little mixed up. Because when he came to Jesus, he said, what must I do to inherit eternal life? What do I do to get into heaven? we got to be Is that the goal? Ultimately, the goal is not, I just want to go to heaven. I've seen so many people come to the altar or come to us for prayer, and their, their prayer, they want to go to heaven, but they don't want to live for the Lord. There's a song, everybody wants to go to heaven, but nobody wants to die. They want to go to heaven, but they don't want to pay the price. They want to go to heaven, but they don't want to live for Jesus. And see, this young man wasn't willing to lay down, to take off all those burdens. Jesus was saying that in, the, in Jerusalem, there's this big this gate that they had to go through to get inside the city. And when the camels would come, they'd be laden with all sorts of stuff. They'd have these big saddlebags on with all these merchandise. And they were, they were like, like trains. Right? So they carried all the merchandise on these, on these camels. And the camels, all the stuff that was on the camel would have to be unloaded, taken off. Those burdens do what to you? They weigh you down. They make you tired, right? They might make you think you're happy. Oh, I got another video game. Got me another car. Got me another job. Got me some new jeans. Got me a pair of Nikes. Got me a, a new set of drums. And all these things keep putting on. And I got, oh man, now I got, a, I got that car. I got to get insurance. Oh, now the payment's due. Oh man. And now I got, I got to carry this thing. And I got to carry that. And so-and-so's calling. And they need money. And I don't have any money because I just spent all my money on a set of drums. And, and oh, 
and the, the burdens get heavier. So all the camels have to, the camels come and they get down on their knees. Camels have gnarly looking knees. They get down on their knees and they take all that stuff off of them. And the camel has to be led through on its knees through that gate. So it is possible, but you have to lay the burdens down and you have to humble yourself before God. And see, this young man wasn't willing to do that. So, what, so he went away sorrowful. He didn't go away happy. Remember the, the man who Jesus healed, or Paul healed? He went walking and leaping and praising God, Paul and Silas. He said, silver and gold have I none, but such as I have I give unto thee. Pick up your bed, get up and walk, right? And he got up and he walked and he went walking and leaping and praising God. He had joy. He had happiness. Amen? He was happy. And he went, for, he went to go tell everybody else. You don't guess what just happened? I've been lame all my life, and, and I just got healed. These men who I did not know, I asked them for alms. I held up my palms, and they said, Silver and gold have I none, but such as I have, give I thee. What did they give him? They gave him the presence of God. They gave him Jesus, and he was healed. Amen. And he went walking and leaping and praising God. So much different than this young man who came to Jesus, and he just wanted to know how to get into heaven. He said, lay down your burdens. Lay down your burdens. He couldn't do it. So how do we, what do we do? We want, we want to do what God has called us to do. We want that joy and that happiness. Does that mean you can't have a job and a car and a house? Yes, you can. But don't let those things become God to you. Don't let them become burdens to you. Amen? If we allow God to direct us, he will lead us in due season into all those things. Seek ye first the kingdom of heaven, and all these things will be added unto you, whatsoever you have need of. Amen. All right, last place I think we're going is Romans chapter mm, 2. 1. Romans chapter 1. So it's Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, Acts, and the letter to the Romans. So we're going to Romans chapter 1. You will be happy doing what you were created to do. You will find joy in doing the things that God has called you to do. That joy is a deep, abiding joy that nobody can take from you. No matter what you're going through, it won't be taken from you because you have a joy that only comes from the Lord. When you're doing what you're meant to do, you're meant to live this abundant life. You were created for that. You were created to live an abundant life. You were created to bring present, bring praise to the Lord. Amen? To bring glory to God. That people look at you and they see the glory of God. They see the presence of the Lord. That people have come into our... My husband used to be completely disabled. He could barely put his own socks on. And people would come and they would say, how do you still have joy? How can you still be praising the Lord? Why do you keep serving God? And they were all those same people were there and saw him the day that God healed him. And raised him up because he held on to God's unchanging hand. He continued to serve the Lord with joy and, pray, and praise him. Even though he couldn't go with us to church all the time because of his, his uh, situation, he would, he would study, he would pray, he would make CDs. Back then it was CDs. He would put together praise and worship CDs for us because we had a praise team. And he would do all that behind-the-scenes work online ordering music for us and getting it lined up for us and getting those things ready for us and print off the lyrics for us and all these things because he praised that was his glory to God and, and serving serving the Lord at that time 
People would come to our house to try to minister to him and he would minister to them. Our young people would come and sit at his feet and ask him questions about the Bible. Because he loved the Lord and he never stopped loving God. Praise God. So when we do what God tells us to do and we're doing what we're called to do, then that is to bring glory to God. You will find happiness and you will find a deep abiding joy. This is the abiding, the abundant life that you were created for. And in doing that, and in doing what you, your loving and all-knowing creator, the Lord, the King, the God Almighty has planned for you and what he has set before you, that is even what he has put in you to do. You're one, you might be wondering, what, do you, what am I supposed to do? God has already put it in you. It's in there. Seek the Lord. He'll, he'll highlight it for you. He'll let you know what it is. And in the meantime, you keep worshiping him. Worship him. Seek his face. Praise him. Give him glory. Lift up the name of Jesus everywhere you go. Lift up the name of Jesus in your home. I was listening to a song earlier today. I'm just waiting for everybody to get there. As, and, and in that song, they were saying, you know what? As for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. The presence of the Lord is in this place. And so we think about going to church. and Surely the presence of the Lord is in this place. But the presence of the Lord should be in your home. Amen? So then the same way we talked about the end being swept clean so that Jesus can come in and fill that place. It should be so in your home. What do we need to get rid of in our homes? What, what do we need to push out and make more room for Jesus? Amen? <laughs> it reminds me of something. Uh, a lady told my son one time. At the, she said that at the dances in school, she would have to um, chaperone. And she would walk past the, the young man and young woman. She said, leave room for Jesus. <laughs> so, you know, you're supposed to dance like this, y'all. Three feet. You put your hands on her shoulders. That's the way it was back then. And it still should be. There should be room for Jesus. Amen? Leave room for Jesus. So we have to make room for Jesus sometimes. Amen? Maybe we need to step back and let Jesus lead. Amen? Maybe we need to go check out what's in our closets and what's in our drawers and make room for Jesus. Amen? Hallelujah. All right, everybody there, Romans chapter 1. All right, verse 2, 20, verse 20. <laughs> Romans chapter 1, verse 20. Try not to read the whole chapter. I'm going to be good. Verse 20. For the invisible things of him from the creation of the world are so clearly seen. You can see the creation of God when you look around. Tell me. Tell me, can some statue create these things? Something carved out of wood create anything? <coughs> no, it can't. Can some rock create something? No. Only God can create. Only God. It is by His Spirit that these things are created by the Holy Spirit. Let's read. For the invisible things of him from the creation of the world are so clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, even his eternal power and Godhead, so they are without excuse. We're without excuse, y'all. There's no excuse for not calling upon the name of Jesus. There's no excuse for saying God did not create the heavens and the earth. He did. We cannot say that he did not create the heavens and the earth. We cannot say that it was some other superpower, some molecules that bumped together by random happenstance out there in vast darkness. By, it just happened. And somehow 
somehow the earth just happened and somehow you and I just happened. It doesn't work that way. Amen? There's no excuse. No excuse for not calling upon the name of the Lord. Not recognizing and knowing that God is. Look at verse 21. Because that when they knew God, they glorified him not as God. That's what we were talking about earlier. Neither were they thankful, but became vain in their imaginations, and their foolish heart was darkened. Professing themselves to be wise, they became fools. And they changed the glory of the uncorruptible God into an image made like to corruptible man, and to birds, and four-footed beasts, and creeping things. Wherefore God also gave them up to uncleanliness, through the lust of their own hearts to dishonor their own bodies between themselves, who changed the truth of God into a lie and worshiped and served the creature more than the creator, who is blessed forever. Amen. For this, we understand. I see this is, that's some hard word right there. It's not always easy to read, but it is good. It's all good because the word of God is good for rebuke and reproof and to build you up and exhort you as well. Amen. So we need to realize what is good and what is not. We need to understand that if we continue to follow the things of the world, the, like you said, um, materialism, that if we continue to think, follow things that are materialistic, things that are a man's business plan, man's traditions, the vain, vain traditions of men, and we don't lay those things down and pick up our cross and follow him daily, if we don't allow ourselves, where the Bible tells us to crucify ourselves daily, that means you put, put aside those old, old lusts. You put aside that old man, that old woman, the things that you used to do, you don't do anymore. You don't want those things anymore. Paul said in one place that he writes to, to them to tell them, I write these things unto you that you sin not. And in other places it says that when you're in Christ, you don't want to sin. It's not that desire is not there. Amen? So what is he talking about when he says, but if you do, you have an advocate? It means that when you fall in weakness, it means that when you, you, you messed up and you realize that you sinned, that you did something that's not pleasing to God, you have an advocate. You, and Jesus is our lawyer. He stands there. He's making intercession for us day and night at the right hand of the Father, day and night interceding, praying for us. Amen? So we need to know that we can always call upon the name of Jesus. We can always turn back to him when we find that we have fallen short. But we don't pursue sin. We don't pursue darkness. We pursue light. We pursue the things of God. We pursue and we go after. We look for things that are pleasing to him. So we don't become like this, what Paul is talking about here. We don't become as fools, but rather we become more wise. Amen? That we don't let allow our hearts to be darkened, but we allow the light of God to shine in our hearts, to show us things that are dark, that we see the darkness and we hide ourselves from it, that we see the evil. The Bible says a wise man sees the evil and hides himself from it. So we don't go peeking around in there. Oh, look, there's some evil stuff. Let's go play with that. No. You get away from it. The Bible says eschew it. That means go away from it. Amen? Touch not the unclean thing. Right? I was in the mall the other day. We had to go to the mall for something. I think we were looking for shoes. And I walked past. They had that, that the thing out in the middle of the aisle with the calendars on it. And I saw some other stuff up there that was straight up witchcraft. And I'm like, what? Is this generation?
generation coming to? What is this world coming to? Where you can just walk through the center of a, you know, a little tiny mall or a little town here and it's got witchcraft stuff. You can walk into Walmart and they have books in the kids section with spells and incantations. That's witchcraft. We don't touch that. Amen? We don't buy that. We don't, we don't say, oh, it's just a game. They're just playing. No, we do not do it. Amen? Okay, so we understand here we are in the 21st century, and we understand that when we grow as, as humans, that this, there's glands in our head and our brain and parts of our body that God created us very uniquely, very intricately, right? There are, it's been proven that we don't re actually become mature enough to make adult decisions until we're about 21, 22. 23 for men, isn't it? <laughs> that we can't make those real serious decisions like we should until we're adults. And we think we're, we're letting little kids make decisions. Well, I'm not going to make my kids go to church. They need to make their own decisions. They're like this big. They get to choose. But they, I don't tell them what they have to eat. They get to choose. No wonder they're sick. No wonder we have so much confusion. No wonder. Now the school system saying, you know what, parents, you don't have any authority. We're trying to take the trying to take the authority away from the parents and let little kids decide what gender they are. They don't even know what that means. They can't understand the ramifications of that. And yet the same courts and the same rulership says, you know what, if this little child kills somebody, they can't be held accountable because they're just little children. The same child is not a, 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 a able to make that kind of decision about gender, about religion. They know there's a God. When you talk to little kids, they know God exists. Why? Because the Bible even tells us it's in each and every person to know that He is. Amen? That, there is, that He exists. Every single one of us has a little bit of faith inside of us to know that God exists. So what is our job now? To worship him? To glorify him? Because he's going to, and in that, what's the reward? Happiness, joy, peace that passes all understanding, a peace that nobody can take from you, that even in the midst of any storm, that you can have peace. That the storm can be raging all about you. I saw a picture of a rug the other day, or it was called a Navajo Storm, the pattern on it. So pretty. And I just think about how in the middle of that, even, even in the middle of that pattern, there's something right in the middle. I don't know what it is. It's just, it's just uh, geometric shapes. But there's peace in the midst of that storm. Amen? No matter where we are, Jesus is with us, and he gives us that peace in the midst of the storm, if you know him. Amen? We were sharing a, a story. I've got a lot of stories today. <laughs> I must have missed y'all. That... that we were sharing a story the other day that when the Hurricane Katrina hit down in um, the bayou down in uh, Louisiana several years ago, that there was a church there. There were many churches. And lots of them got washed off and, and washed away. And lots of them, the houses were destroyed. People, there was, it was horrible. It was the smell of death in the air. It was just a horrible place to be. But in that, when we went down, we, took, we went to do um, relief, emergency relief. And when we got there, they took us to a church. And you could see where the ocean, the, the water, had come up to the side of the church and stopped. And that church was untouched. There was no flood damage on the inside. 
It didn't smell like, it smelled like a church. It smelled like church up in there. It, there was nothing, had, the whole grounds were, were safe and protected, and the right next door were, stuck, were things that were destroyed on both sides. See, that's how God gives us that protection. He's with us in the midst of a storm. Amen? He will guide you. He will put that like an iron dome over you and protect you from the enemy. But we need to know Him. There are things coming on the earth. Things are changing. We're coming into a new season where we preached last, last week. There's, there's a shift coming. And we need to know Him. I can't implore you enough to know Him. And the goodness of God is so good that even in the, in the midst of all these things that He's going to give you joy, He's going to give you happiness, that only comes from Him. It comes from serving Him, from doing what He has created you to do. You're going to find joy in those things. This joy will be a joy that no one understands. And nobody can take it from you. And then when you go through these hard times, you remember what you've heard here today. Remember that when I'm happy, happiness is a circumstance. And so I can be happy because somebody gave me a cheeseburger. I can be happy because somebody gave me a new piece of jewelry. But that joy comes in serving God. That true joy comes from serving God. So when you begin to do things for the Lord, you're going to feel happy. But that joy is going to come. And you're going to, you're going to feel more solid in your walk. Your, your stance in the Lord is going to become stronger. You're going to be more like, one sister said, your, your warrior stance. Amen. You're going to be ready to fight. But fight with joy. Not fight with fear. Not fight with anger. But with joy. That we know that we have the victory. That we know that God is on our side. This joy that no one understands. There will be joy and peace in the midst of those storms. Whatever the storm is, God will give you peace in the midst of it. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Praise God. Praise the living God. Lord, we just thank you right now. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Lord. Lord, we just want to pray right now. We just want to give you glory, Father. We want to thank you for all that you have done, all that you are doing, Lord. God, we thank you that you do give us joy, that when you do give us, you have a calling, you have a plan. Jeremiah 29 11 tells us you have a plan for us, God. And Lord, we know, God, that you, your ways are perfect, your ways are good. And Lord, we just thank you. We give you glory. Lord, we thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Lord, we give you glory. Father, I ask right now in the name of Jesus, God, that you move upon each and every part that's under the sound of my voice today, wherever they are, the ones that are here, and those that might be tuning in and listening later on. Lord, we just ask that you be, make yourself known to them. It is by your mercy and by your truth that iniquity is purged, and by the fear of the Lord that men and women depart from evil, God. Lord, we thank you for your mercy. We thank you for your truth today. God, we thank you, God, that, Lord, you make it possible that we can humble ourselves before you and that we can lay our burdens down, that we can cast all of our cares upon you knowing that you care for us. Lord, that it is possible, God, that we can lay our burdens down and come unto you. And we may feel like we're coming empty-handed, that we have nothing to offer you, Lord. But God, you have created us to glorify you and to worship you. And just the very act of calling upon your name is worship. It's the first step. 
It's the greatest step to call upon the name of Jesus and be saved, to call upon your name and know that you are right there, that you're willing, ready, and able. You're the only one that's able to forgive us of sin. You're the only one that's able to wash us and make us white as snow. You're the only one that is able to make us into the, a new creation to cause us to become the men and women of God that you have called and intended and purposed us to be, Lord. God, we give you glory and we thank you. Lord, I pray, Father God, that you would bless and move in each and every life here. God, we thank you, God, that you are with them and that you are leading us and guiding us, God. Have your will and your way. Bless them when they're coming in, they're going out. Get them home safely, Lord God, and give them a blessed weekend, Lord God, with this time off from work or from school, Lord. I just pray that you bless them, God. And now unto him that is able to keep us from falling and to present us faultless before the presence of his glory with exceeding joy to the only wise God, our Savior, be glory and majesty and dominion and power both from now and forevermore. God, we glorify your name. And even so, we see these things coming upon the earth, Lord God. We cry, Lord Jesus, have your will in your way. And even so, God, come quickly, Lord. Even so, Lord, come quickly. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. All power, glory, and dominion unto you. In Jesus' name.